The budget has been, well, reintroduced. Your government is actively engaging with health system partners to identify urgent, actionable solutions and will implement whatever measures are needed to help ease immediate pressures, while also ensuring the province is ready to stay open during any winter surge. Ontario Lieutenant Governor Elizabeth Dowdswell delivering the throne speech Tuesday, officially opening the 43rd Provincial Parliament. And we got details of the Ford government's retabling of its 2022 budget. So what does it include? Will it spur some economic activity in this province? Rocco Rossi is the president and CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce and joins us on Good Morning Hamilton. Rocco, welcome back to the show. How are you? Great pleasure. Thanks, Rick. Doing very well. Budget 2022 is back at first blush. What do you think? Well, first, we've got to remember that this is the single largest budget ever delivered uh, in Ontario in nominal terms and even in inflation-adjusted terms. It's, it's, it's right up there. So it is in no way, shape, or form an austerity budget. It still generates billions of dollars of uh, deficit. Um, that said, you know, clearly uh, we have enormous issues around uh, inflation, around labor shortages, and ultimately what we need is an economy that fires on all cylinders and grows in order to pay all of this down and provide for the services that, that, um, that we need. Um, and um, so the labor situation is crucial and some of that is money and some of that is simply better and faster uh, policy and cooperate cooperation with our friends in the the federal government because immigration is a key part of of uh, the initial part of the the solution i mean from from health care to skilled labor uh, we are short in lots of key uh, positions that's leading to to burnout in in our hospitals, but it's also leading to slowing down work and economic activity in other areas that could be growing, generating funds, and generating more tax revenues for the government if we uh, if we fix that. You mentioned this is a record high amount for a budget, one hundred ninety eight. billion. That's 25% more than what the previous Liberal government's final budget was, which was about $160 billion. The deficit is going to be $18.8 billion this year. When you look at the document, really, apart from building new highways and some other infrastructure, there's not much in the way of growing the economy, other than the mention that they want to attract more skilled workers to the province. Well, there there were some announcements, obviously, prior to um, the budget in, in key areas um, like uh, electric vehicles. And there's been a significant sort of historic level uh, investment in, um, in the auto sector. Uh, there are mentions of important things like what needs to happen for the ring of fire, I mean, look, if we want to transition to the green economy, which which all see as both a challenge and an opportunity, the reality is the path to green is also paved through mines and energy. Um, and so part of the reason all of these um, EV announcements have been made is it's also been sold on 
the potential of Canada and Ontario in particular as a source of critical minerals. But that's going to mean that we need the infrastructure up to the ring of fire, the, the roads, et cetera, to be able to transport, and then approvals on a expedited basis of, of mines so we can get to, uh, get to that material. It, it's going to involve, you know, one of the things, and this is, is both money but also um, important uh, policy and regulation and approval, uh, we, on the one hand, can't be saying, look, the, the earth is about to fry to a crisp, and on the other hand, say to something like uh, the pump storage uh, proposal in Meaford, Ontario, that, um, you know, sorry, we don't want to see this green uh, project because it's going to uh, potentially affect our, our corner of the province. There's got to be some, some give and take uh, in order to move forward. We've got to deal with things like the ongoing debate that we've had for decades over uh, interprovincial trade barriers. I mean, it drives me to distraction that someone, uh, a young man or woman working on their uh, journeyman status as a, as a carpenter in northwestern Ontario, in Atacocan or Fort Francis, spends a couple summers working construction in Winnipeg, and that time doesn't count towards their uh, C of Q qualification here in Ontario because, you know, somehow a two-by-four in Winnipeg is different than, than one in Thunder Bay. <laughs> like, those things have to end. Uh, we can't take what is a relatively, on a global scale, relatively small economy and make it even smaller by chopping it up into 10 provinces and three territories. So there are credentialing issues and you know hats off to the provincial government for putting a focus on the need to ensure that all of these incredibly talented people that have you know won the immigration lottery by getting to come to Canada and then not being able to use the very skills that put them high on the list because they've got to go through you know three years of hoops to get those qualifications recognized. It's bad for them as individuals, and it's super bad for for us as an economy in desperate need of those talents from nursing to doctors to tool and die makers. Well said. we got less than a minute, but I do want to ask you because we're hearing that the strong mayor's bill is going to be introduced today, which will give mayors in large cities like Toronto and Ottawa in particular more powers. Is this going to be good for Ontario business? Well, look, one of the things that it presupposes is that we've had such difficulty uh, getting clarity and quick decisions on development. Everyone wants affordable housing, uh, but then no one wants it built in their neighborhood. And, um, you know, the thinking behind the, the strong mayor is, is there something, you know, that 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 can uh, be an umpire and speed that up. And if it works in that way, uh, then that will be good for development. It'll be good for business and it'll be good for um, the the residents of, of Ontario because we'll, we'll get more housing stock built on an expedited basis, which is going to mean lower cost.
Rocco, always appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us today. Always a pleasure, Rick. Thank you so much for shining a light on this. This is Rocco Rossi, President and CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, joining us. And in seven minutes, we will chat with the Minister of Finance, Peter Bethlen-Falvey, here in the province of Ontario, about the Reskins 2022 provincial budget.